0: Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator. And I'm gonna give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. My dears Michelle wrote in and she said to me, Do another how the sausage is made episode. And I'm not one to disappoint Michelle. So, Michelle, this one's for you. I'm going to answer a bunch of questions this week from different listeners, and the first one is from Body Talk. Body Talk says, The COVID-19 outbreak's shelter-in-place has really triggered my negative thinking around my body. I've had a history of eating restrictively and obsessively working out, and I've had periods of emotional binging and the shame cycle that follows. I was landing in a better place over the last year, but being stuck at home and unable to move my body as often as I usually do is really making me present to the fact that when I feel out of control, I want to use my body as a way to regain control. I find myself cooking and emotionally eating as a way to feel better, but then following that up with a negative spiral. I just wonder if this is reflected anywhere in my birth chart, and if the tools to get through it are also found there. It's been a long time. I'm ready to break through this. Now, I have a lot of compassion for what you're talking about and what you're going through. I suspect that everybody who has any amount of addictive behaviors or addictive tendencies is experiencing those addictions at a much more heightened level. And whether we're talking about eating compulsively or binging or shopping compulsively, drinking, drug use, uh, sex addiction, getting validation and attention from others. I mean, there's a million ways that we have compulsive and addictive behaviors as humans. Because we are all living under so much fear and loss of control, and for many of us also boredom or restriction, what's happening is our coping mechanisms are being engaged. Now, The way I just thought that doesn't sound so bad. But when we don't have effective coping mechanisms outside of redirect, don't feel bad, feel something else, or don't feel bad about the thing I'm really out of control with, eat in a way that makes me feel less control or more control as a way to redirect my emotions. In fact, I did an episode about eating disorders. It was episode number 35 And it's definitely worth listening to if you haven't heard it or if you haven't heard it in a while. Now, I want to speak more specifically to your chart in just one moment. But let me say this. Fat phobia is real. And I see a million posts from people on social media about, oh, my God, I'm going to gain so much weight and all this kind of stuff. Listen, friends. There are many unintended consequences of this shelter in place. And one of the unintended consequences is it is forcing us to look at our individual relationship to vanity and beauty and what other people think about the way you look. It is okay. It is healthy and appropriate for your body to change when your behavior changes, when your circumstances change. It is healthy and okay to gain weight. Now, Maybe for some people in some situations, it's not healthy to gain weight. But for just as many people, in just as many situations, it is not healthy to lose weight. So many of us are dealing with our bodies in a different way than we've ever had to before. as we are left alone indoors with our bodies and food and not a lot of physical action, not a lot of physical motion. And it is okay that your body reflects that. It is okay that your behavior reflects that. You want to figure out where your healthy place is instead of maintain what you were doing before. So in regards to what you're telling me about body talk, you have a history of eating restric- restrictively and working out and then having emotional binging, which I'm assuming you mean is like emotional food binging. And I want to say, I mean, in your question, you crack the code. You have figured it out. Your behavior with food has everything to do with maintaining control of yourself. You manage your emotions through changing your feeling in your body. You have a stellium in the 12th house. And the 12th house is the place of the subconscious. It is our mental health or spiritual health. And you have also six planets in the 12th house. What this means is the way that you manage your sense of control in the world and in your body is by changing the way you feel. And so the more that you are willing to sit with how you feel and tolerate your upset feelings about whatever it is in a given moment, if you can practice tolerating those feelings for 45 seconds longer than normal, for three minutes longer than normal, build up to for 60 minutes Longer than normal, then you will be dealing with this problem at its root. The past couple of years, you've been really working on this stuff. I, I see that you've been going through many Saturn transits over the past couple of years, hitting your stallion in the 12th house. And it has gotten you to a place where you have really worked on having more self awareness around your behavior and your impulses. But now you have to embody and enact. And it's okay that you're not perfect at it. It's okay that you're not even good at it. But you've already figured it out. There's nothing that you need to hear that you don't already know. It's about being willing to be uncomfortable as you follow through on the steps, no matter how small the steps are today, no matter how slow your progress is, follow through on the steps of changing the narrative when you start negatively speaking to yourself about your body when you start changing the the narrative around how much food you're supposed to eat, and instead try to feed yourself what feels nourishing in the moment. And this is not a simple thing. I mean, that's the whole problem, right, is that it's not a simple or direct thing for you, but it's about taking one little step every day, if you can, when you can, towards being healthier and putting into practice what you already know, right? And that's the good news. You actually have done a lot of work and you've already figured this out. And that brings me to the final piece. And it's about moving your body. When we take care of ourselves, and in this instance, I'm referring to exercise in such a way that it actually comes from control and essentially punishment. You're trying to keep yourself in line, keep yourself small. When the motive of our, quote, self-care behavior is actually not Love and self care. It's not long term sustainable and it doesn't bring the results we want it to. Over the course of life, this sort of thing will happen. Not necessarily global pandemics and shelter in place, but circumstances change and we must be able to pivot, to pivot how we self care. This is a great opportunity for you to discover what amount of exercise is like healthy and supportive to your body and what amount of exercise is an anxiety response is a way to control yourself in your circumstances and to explore what the answer to that question is and it's not a static thing so it's not going to be a single solitary answer it's about being able to figure out how you feel in your body what feels right to your body to listen to the cues of your body and your heart and your brain and to be able to sort through that data to figure out what's healthy and right for you And also, what's motivating you so you can make the best possible choices. My next question is from Love in the Times of Corona. And she asks... After a year of not dating to work on my own issues, I finally met someone I really like a month before COVID-19 started. We went on three dates that were wonderful, but also low-key. Once the lockdown happened, I shared with them how I feel. I like them very much, but I'm wary about falling head over heels into something. And they shared their feelings as well. The feedback I got was basically they like me and would love to stay in touch and get together once it all eases off, but right now they can't possibly give me their best. This is so important to keep in mind that right now no one can objectively bring their whole best self to the table. Are we doomed before this even started? Is this a good time to really get to know someone or is it too much pressure with everything else being completely new and all of these uncharted waters to navigate? Good question, love in the times of corona. So first of all, I like what they said. They had it sounds like a very metered approach. You don't know each other that well yet, and this is not the time to get to know each other. I think that makes a lot of sense. And to your question, which I'm not sensing is really about this particular person for you as much as it is about dating in general. And the answer is doomed? No. Well-starred? No. <laughs> but there's something in between those two things. Getting to know someone when they're caught up in their fears, it's not really well-starred. It is unfortunately a bad time for dating. And this is hard on a lot of people who are just, you know, ready to be single and mingle, but that's just not where we're at. It is hard to get to know someone and build trust and intimacy from this really intense place. Now, unfortunately, in your birth chart, You've got this thing called moon-venus opposition, which is not a bad aspect to have, okay? This aspect actually means that people tend to really feel comfortable around you and really like you and that you are personable. The downside of this natal aspect is that you do like a lot of validation and attention. So being in a shelter and place and not having anyone to flirt with or get to know, I imagine is pretty tough for you. Additionally, you're at the end of, but still in your Pluto square to Pluto and in your birth chart, you have Pluto in the fifth house. And so what this transit is doing is it's confronting you with your abandonment issues and with the intensity of your desire to connect to lovers and flirts and people you're flirting with. And so I want to really validate that this is not just about this person that you have a crush on that you don't really know. This is about your fear of kind of being trapped in not being able to get to know anyone and not being able to mobilize your love life or your flirt life, right? This is really fertile for you. It is really valuable for you to be interested in sitting with your feelings. If you have a taste for self-help books, psychological books, anything that supports you in greater self-knowledge when it comes to your love style, your flirting style, uh, your innermost psychology, girl, go for it. This is your time. This is a great time to do this work. And it will essentially become the foundation upon which you date when this comes to pass, because this will pass. This is not forever. And I don't know how long it will last. No one does. However, it's not forever. This is not the first pandemic that the world has seen. And they have all passed. This will pass. So for while you're in this, leverage what you can. And at this time, what you can leverage is your love for yourself your interest in your own compulsions and your willingness to leverage them for a better, happier, and more successful love life. When the tide turns on all of this Mishagas. Now, my last question, I have a great question by Consumerism and Pandemic. So she says, I'm not sure how to handle the consumerism of people around me right now. Many people in my life are big spenders, and it normally doesn't trouble me too much. But I have one friend in particular who likes to talk about their financial situation, but also always loves to talk about big shopping purchases, asking opinions on colors, griping about delivery fees, etc. Money minutiae to the nth degree. This irritated me before, but it's gotten worse during COVID times. As people in our extended friend group are losing jobs, worried about money, etc., the constant chatter about ordering non-essential items online is driving me crazy. I try being less present in the texts instead of reacting and focusing on unpacking why this feels so activating for me. I've essentially become the ghost of a group chat. It's very funny. Uh, But is it really a solution to just go MIA every time a purchase comes up, which is often? What does this say about my pandemic coping response? Why do I feel as though my need in this situation, asking for less shopping talk, is petty? How do I love and stay in communication with people in my life who are still living in a bubble? What a fucking great question. Nobody knows how to deal with this pandemic. Nobody. It's important to recognize that everyone's coping mechanisms are just that. They're coping mechanisms. And some people need to stick their head in the sand. Some people are, as I said earlier, in addiction behaviors, compulsively spending, compulsively eating, or starving themselves, or whatever. And it's important for me to acknowledge this because. Part of what you're telling me is that this friend always has a bit of a trying to buy some happy kind of personality, and that maybe it's kind of revved up in all of this pandemic crisis, and that you have always had an issue with the way she relates to money and spending. And it's also been kicked up by this crisis. So there's an element here of we have to give each other some amount of latitude because we're all in our shit. And it's, and it's a lot. It's a lot. Now, let's talk about why it feels petty to you. Because if it didn't feel petty to you, then you could just say to your friend, I find this triggering, you know? This, we're we're going through really intense times and me and some of our friends on this group chat are having a hard time financially. It doesn't really feel appropriate to talk about shopping as much as we're doing. Is there any way you could be a little more sensitive of that? If you felt clean and clear about it, it, that would be a perfectly reasonable thing to do. I mean, you didn't sound mean or unreasonable in the way you worded your question to me, right? But the reason why it feels petty to you is because you are looking at this from a systemic and big picture perspective, but you're not really framing it that way. So let me explain. In astrology, the planet Venus governs many things. It governs our personal finances. So the shopping this person is doing is Venusian. It is spending her money on non-essential, cutifying goods and things. The thing about money is it is also a reflection of value. Venus also governs value. And so what is really at core the problem that you're having with your friend is you do not respect her values at this time. You want to say to her, why are you valuing these things over what's important? If you have extra money to spend, why aren't you placing value on giving that money to something that's important? Now, you didn't say any of that shit in your question. I am just reading your birth chart here. You have had mixed values around money and spending before all this happened. And it's not surprising that you have some friends that bug you always about this sort of thing. I think it's important that you look at your relationship to capitalism, to not just capitalism like free markets, but capitalism as You can buy whatever you want for yourself. Do you have a civic duty to consider what you spend your money on as a part of what makes society, right? Where you put your money matters, regardless of how much money you have. What you're telling me about your friend is that whether or not she has money, she is making the decision to spend her money in ways that you do not think are valuable. And that value judgment on your part is uncomfortable for you because you're not completely owning it and you're not completely clear of where it comes from or what the remediation is, maybe even for yourself. Do you think this person should be tithing? Are you tithing? Maybe you think she should be, but you're not doing it. I don't know. The point is you need to figure out for yourself how your values have shifted in regards to spending and whether that is theoretical or something you're putting in practice. And if you're putting it in practice, are you doing it kind of because your hands are tied, right? Because you're a little bit being forced to by your circumstances, or are you putting it in practice because you are changed and you believe it? This is all incredibly important for you to consider because until you figure out what is true for you, anything you say to this person will come across as defensive and it will make her feel defensive. At the end of the day, if the issue is really about her values being different than yours, you have to ask yourself, can you accept that? And maybe you can, maybe you can. Maybe you start a conversation within your friend group of like, I've been looking at my values as reflected by what I'm spending my money on. And in light of this COVID-19 business, right? And are you guys thinking about it that way? How are you thinking about it that way? Have a conversation. What you didn't say in your question is Is this person spending money on, yes, non essential items, but is she buying non essential items that support small businesses and woman run businesses and all that kind of stuff? Or is she just buying terrible shit from a terrible company? Would that change how you feel about it? Would it change how you feel about it? I don't know. Listen. My tolerance for looking at selfies has dwindled dramatically, and I didn't have the highest tolerance for it to begin with, if I'm being honest. But it's okay that our priorities change as our circumstances have become more extreme. What you need to figure out is, is this a personal preference in light of where things are, or is this an actual shift in your values, or is this a situation where you're seeing somebody else's values and you just can't get behind it? It is an important thing to know with anyone that we're close to because when we have different values, we can get along. But we are likely to offend each other from time to time at the very least. And if you want to invest in this friendship or in this group of friends, you're going to have to figure this out so that you can figure out how to talk about it in a way that isn't judging or condemning or moralistic, but instead sharing where you're coming from so that you can kind of be like, oh, and now I'm realizing that I have a change in my needs and this is what I need. I need to not talk about stupid shit as much on group chat. Let's talk about. You know, stupid shit I enjoy more or, or real things, right? Now, my friends, keep on sending me your questions because you know I love them. This is a really overwhelming, upsetting, scary time. And the more work that you can do to get into your heart, to honor your feelings, to explore your own triggers and compulsions, and to keep yourself and your community safe, at least at that point, you are leveraging the very best best potential of this time continue being kind to yourself and others this is an update on the Wet'suwet'en nation's fight to protect their territory from pipeline construction the spread of COVID-19 has drastically changed the way that solidarity action can take place in February we saw thousands of people rally in support of the Wet'suwet'en land defenders now everything has moved online The latest call to action is asking for you to help put pressure on Coastal GasLink to ensure strict safety standards for transient workers. Their continued arrival on the territory places small nearby communities at risk of COVID-19 exposure. Please visit their social media. Their Instagram, their Facebook, and Twitter handles will be in the notes. Keep sharing and keep checking in for updates. Thank you and stay safe out there. My dears and darlings, it's horoscope time again. We are going to look at the week of April 5th through the 11th of 2020. I'm going to actually just take a moment to talk about the kind of elephant in the room of loneliness, distress, anxiety, terror, fear. It's really hard. And, you know, I create content about this. I read content. I listen to other people, all this kind of stuff and looking for answers around what do we do? What do we do with the stress? How do we survive the loneliness? How do we manage this? And I want to acknowledge that you can do everything right. You can do everything that all the smartest people that you get the most value from recommend and still feel bad because this is bad. It's okay to feel bad about bad things. It's okay to feel sad about sad things. And part of what we are being confronted with is a somewhat impossible situation. It is unrealistic to be super chill and not impacted by current events. If you are feeling overwhelmed, if you are feeling emotional, if you're feeling anxious or scared, part of what this is an opportunity to do is to develop better coping tools for those feelings. And it's hard because. Most of us want to disassociate, or we don't even think, I want to check out. I want to disassociate. We just do it. We are wrapped up in our addictions, whether that's physical behaviors or mental behaviors or emotional behaviors. So what I want to encourage you to do this week and moving forward is to let yourself have feelings. So, whether you have your physical health or you're struggling with COVID 19 or some other health condition, I want to encourage you to find ways of centering in your body and being grateful for what you do have, but also validating and experiencing your stressed out or frightened emotions and to give yourself permission to sit with those feelings and to be in those feelings without distracting from them. And without fixing them. This is very difficult to do, but it's an invaluable skill for all humans to cultivate. And unfortunately, this is a crash course for all of us all at once. Doing constructive things, maintaining your physical health, your mental health, maintaining your home, many of us are still working, maintaining your work, all that kind of stuff is essential. But if the foundational component of your own relationship to yourself, your own willingness to experience your own emotions, if that's not in place, then you might find that you're in some sort of like games of shoots and ladders, just really having really, really low times and really, really high times and having a hard time navigating your own emotional landscape. And your emotional landscape is yours to manage. It really is. And none of us know how to do this. None of us know how to do this well, but you want to try your best based on where you're starting from. That's the move. Okay. Now, all of that said, of course, we start off this week's horoscope with a full moon, right? Because emotions are very much up and in the air. If you didn't catch episode number 95 that I dropped midweek on the moon, I encourage you to check that out. And of course, know that I'm dropping midweek episodes now with little astrology hot takes. I started off with Saturn and then I went to the moon because these two planets are big players when it comes to security issues and our sense of safety in the world and in ourselves and that's been really triggered. Now this particular week on the 7th, we have a kind of potentially explosive full moon in Libra. And it's happening at 7:35 p.m. Pacific time. Full moons always occur when the sun and moon are exactly opposite each other. So because we're in Aries season, it's a Libra full moon. And full moons are a time when things kind of come to a point of crisis, when emotions rise to the surface and demand to be dealt with, because the sun is your identity and will, and the moon is your feelings. It's your inner world. When they are opposite each other, they create a conflict. And oppositions are often associated in astrology with projections, so full moons can often be projected out onto relationships, onto me versus you. Now, certainly when we're looking at the tension between Aries and Libra, we are looking at the tension between you versus us or me versus us. It's not the easiest full moon because it's so relational. It's so much about my needs being in conflict with the needs of the relationship, or what I perceive to be your needs. And in particular, this full moon comes with a Mars square to Uranus. So we have Mars in Aquarius, square to Uranus in Taurus, and they are both at late 5 degrees. So here's the thing. Here's the damn thing. The full moon in Libra wants us to look at essentially What are the right ways of mobilizing our individual selves as a way to actualize and engage our relationships? So this full moon on its own is a really valuable time for relating and for looking at how you are relating to others. What are you giving? What are you not giving? What are you withholding? How are you showing up? How are you not? Now, because of this Mars-Uranus square It creates an egotistical tension between what's mine versus what I want more of. (laughs) It's not an easy, it's not an easy square, my loves and friends. You may find yourself chafing at restrictions, feeling trapped, feeling frustrated, feeling impulsive or restless or irritable. This transit Mars Uranus square can bring up arrogance and obstinance. It makes it so that you want change so badly that you get rigid that you don't want to change any damn thing. This could manifest as either you feeling that way or you having to deal with somebody else who's feeling that way. And I'm talking about it on a personal level at this moment. I'll unpack it a little bit in more of a social level in a moment. But in the context of your personal relationships, this full moon can be really explosive. You may find yourself having fights and saying things that you've been thinking but known better than to say out loud. This transit is not good for managing your impulses. Uranus has no impulse control. Mars has no impulse control. In particular, Mars and Aquarius is just like, I deserve it, so I'm going to do what I need to do. And then full moons, they don't per se make us impulsive, but they make us so emotional that things kind of bubble up from there. The combination of all of this can find you or someone else acting like a huge dick. Nobody in this context. Likes a huge dick. So, my advice to you around this period, around the seventh, look at your ego. Seriously, look at your ego. Because when one is uncomfortable with experiencing and expressing their ego, what we tend to do is fall into panic or victimhood. And what this transit is likely to do is bring up your ego in intense ways. So, if you're not a person who's comfortable expressing your ego, You might feel victimized. You might feel incredibly anxious or emotional and not know why. And I want to encourage you, if those feelings emerge, to really look at, are you pissed? Do you feel trapped? Do you feel stuck? Do you feel like you don't have any options? Because if that's how you're feeling, then your Mars needs better expression. The tension between the Aries Sun and the Libra Moon is really rattling you. If you have a more assertive or aggressive nature and you're comfortable expressing your needs, I wouldn't encourage you to uh, do that without consideration, I guess is the best way to say it. You are not the only person in the relationship. You are not the only one. We all have needs. We are all compromising all the time. Now, I don't know your situation. Maybe you are in a relationship with somebody who's not compromising at all. Chances are they don't think that's true, even if you think that's true. If one has a healthy ego, then we can see our part, our needs, and see other people's part and needs without having to cancel one out for the other. The truth is complicated. Relationships are complicated. And honestly, all relationships require compromise. All of them. The best ones require compromise. The healthiest love relationships and friendships and roommate relationships and family relationships are annoying. Everybody's annoying. You are annoying. I can promise you that. I am deeply annoying. I can promise you that as well. We are all annoying. That's okay. That's not a value judgment thing. It's about being able to recognize if you're feeling trapped, then the people you're around are probably feeling trapped. How can you navigate your needs? Not how can you blame other people or blame yourself. It's not really valuable. Not at this time. We must, in this period, manage our impulses, relate to our ego in healthier, more present ways. And in doing that, what happens is we grow because you do have agency. You do. Where you do have control, where you do have power in your own life and even in society. That's where you want to focus your energy, my loves. I'll say two more things about this particular transit. One is I don't recommend doing rituals at this time. Lots of people love to do full moon rituals. Full moon rituals are generally related to releasing. Okay, it's letting go time. But because of Uranus and Mars, this is an erratic, unpredictable, and kind of an aggressive energy. So I don't actually recommend fucking with it in terms of releasing something if part of your spirituality and your self-care is oriented to do rituals with the full moon, may I recommend having boundaries with yourself be the ritual. Having boundaries with yourself is very difficult. It's also foundationally essential for your wellness. So explore what that looks like. Do some research. You know, watch a TED Talk. Read a book. How about a blog post? Follow a hashtag. Hashtag boundaries. See what happens. Explore it and figure out for yourself where you need to have better boundaries with yourself around any of the feelings that I've been talking about or in general in your behavior at this time. Now, I will say that during this transit on the seventh, Mercury is also forming a sextile to both Pluto and Jupiter which strengthens your capacity to leveraging this transit if you decide to. And it strengthens your capacity for having boundaries, again, if you access it. Now, finally, one last thing I want to say is about the social implications of these transits, Okay, of the Mars-Uranus happening with the full moon between Aries and Libra. The downside of these transits on the 7th is that it can coincide with rash Impulsive, egotistical, selfish behavior that hastens the spread of something, um, and I say hastens the spread because of Mars and Aries are both—they're fiery and they go forth. They go forth quickly. And what I want to say about this is what I've been saying every week: be very conservative with this highly contagious virus or disease that we have spreading around. Okay, be really conservative. This is not the week to be like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna go do whatever I want." This is the time to take care of yourself and understand that by taking care of your own health you are taking care of your community we may see things from people in particular men in power that seem like they came out of nowhere and are with no forethought and if that happens honestly the results are going to be hard to predict whenever uranus is involved it is hard to predict what will come next uranus is the planet of surprises and unpredictability I wouldn't encourage you to be deeply invested in your reactions to whatever it is that happens or that people with power do at this time. What you want to do is continue to watch, let it play out for at least 72 hours before you come to your solid conclusions or you go online and write a lengthy response. If you can, sit with your responses, let this play out. Because whatever it seems like is happening is not necessarily what is happening. And make sure that you are being, you know, a concerned citizen. Now, there's only two more transits for me to tell you about this week. We've got on the 10th, Mercury moving into Aries. So Mercury in Aries is a transit that is I I don't know. I mean, I think it's a a little bit of a tricky one in this period because it can make us more forceful. It can make us more uh, proactive in communicating with others and connecting with others and figuring things out. And that's positive because we really do need forward motion. We really do need to maintain our interest and engagement in our relationships and the world at large. Now, unfortunately, it can also increase reactiveness. It can also intensify our defensiveness as we just want what we want. We want to figure it out. We, you know, I I need to talk to somebody right now. If I can't talk to someone right now, I'm just going to be really annoyed. So again, we have the reiteration with this transit of needing to learn how to identify what you're thinking, what you're needing, what your attitudes are, and how to use your individual agency to take care of yourself from there. You know, unfortunately, with fire signs, we're we're talking about spread. Like in general, fire signs are, you know, you've seen a fire, you know, a little bit of wind, and that thing spreads. It's all about spread. So this means, again, I want to encourage you during these fiery seasons to be really conservative with this global pandemic mishigas. Wash the paws. Don't get lazy. Continue to do what needs to be done on a material level, Now, on the 11th, we have a Mercury sextile to Saturn, and that is a lovely grounding transit. If there are things, if your inbox looks anything like my inbox, and it's been just like getting away from you, this is going to be a great day. The transit's exact on the 11th. You'll be feeling it on the 10th, 11th, 12th. This is a great day to really just deal with your damn inbox. You know, this is a time for managing details, for getting organized. And that's pretty much it. That's your horoscope. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. This whole fucking period, my friends, is a lot. We want to continue to watch out for the conditions that I talked about in episode 94 in regards to the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. We're going to continue seeing the outcome of that transit for quite a long time to come. And you want to remember that was only the first out of three hits. And Followers of astrology will know that with outer planets, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, or Pluto, it's very common to have three separate exact hits to the transit because all the outer planets retrograde routinely. Uh, And so we tend to get three hits, not always, but generally three hits from that transit. So this is going to be a a long-term outcome. And whatever it is that we saw in this past week with the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. It is just the first round, my friends. So take it seriously. Stay centered in your own morality. Continue to do what you believe is right. That's all you got, but it's a big power. So make sure to exercise it. My loves, I thank you once again for joining me for another episode of Ghost of a podcast. As always, if you like this show and you get value from it, please join me on Patreon, where I have special member benefits, the most recent of which was an almost 45-minute long tour through the court cards of the Tarot. Yeah, I did a video. That's right. So, you know, join me there if you like. Subscribe to the podcast, uh, wherever you listen to it. Write me reviews, five stars, all those kinds of nice things. And keep on doing the work. You know, this, this, is a, this is a complicated time. There's a lot of loneliness. There's a lot of isolation feelings. And also, we are all in the shit together, my loves. So don't forget it. And if you are feeling frightened, if you're feeling overwhelmed, reach out to people, ask for help. I don't know if you've noticed it, but the past couple of weeks in the show notes of this podcast, I have been leaving the National Suicide Prevention Hotline number. If you or someone you love is struggling with their mental health, there are resources out there by phone or digitally. Access them, use them. There is no shame in asking for help. There is no shame in struggle. I love you guys. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here. are still here.